0: AWS for Software Companies podcast, Episode 4, Accelerate Machine Learning for Software as a Service Projects with Alessandro Maioji of Viva Systems. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the AWS for Software Companies podcast, where we talk to software leaders around the world about their journeys to the cloud, overcoming the challenges and the role that Amazon Web Services play in their success. Today, Episode 4, we're discussing how to accelerate machine learning for SaaS projects and hearing from Alessandro Maiogi, Senior Manager of Engineering at Viva Systems, and how they are leveraging machine learning as a market differentiator. Good afternoon, my name is
1: Alessandro Maoggi. I'm a Senior Manager of Engineering at Viva Systems, working in the Vault Clinical Organization. So today I'll talk about uh, Enhanced Clinical Trial Document Processing with Viva's TMF bot. And uh, I'll start with uh, giving an introduction to Viva, what Viva is, what its business is about. Uh, Then I'll talk about the business case for machine learning, what has been our journey with Amazon SageMaker, and also uh, talk a little bit more in details also about our journey with multimodal endpoints that we use. So Viva Viva Systems is a global company, was founded in 2007, and uh, it has a headquarter in the San Francisco Bay Area. Currently we have uh, over uh, 5,600 employees and we are growing, and also we have uh, more than 1,200 customers. Uh, of all size, from large enterprises, of much smaller customers. And Viva's vision is to build uh, the industry cloud for life sciences. So building the industry cloud for life sciences means uh, to provide uh, great software, data, and services for our customers. The goal really there is to bring uh, medicine, new medicines, new therapies, devices faster to market in the hands of people. And also, when they're on the market, make sure that they get to the right people, the people really need them. So we have this, uh, um, Biva really um, span uh, an entire uh, life science company. We have uh, solutions in uh, clinical data management, clinical operations, uh, regulatory uh, quality operations, drug safety, and on the commercial side, um, we have solutions for medical uh, uh, in the medical space and for uh, commercial. So, it, for uh, for the specific of this presentation, I'll focus more on clinical operations, which is uh, uh, the uh, the goal is to accelerate uh, um, clinical trial execution. So, again, uh, is uh, to bring those medicine therapies faster uh, to approval. And where Viva um, provides value there is to simplify the development environment of our customers, drive process efficiencies, and uh, increase compliance. So in uh, in clinical trial, one of the processes that can uh, um, be be made much more efficient is uh, processing documents. And the reason for it is that a typical phase three trial um, generates tens of thousands of documents, and manually processing those documents is, of course, a very uh, repetitive task. It's time-consuming, and also may lead to quality issues, uh, to errors that uh, uh, they can even uh, delay uh, the approval of process of those uh, of those uh, therapies and medicines. So there can be risk of inspections and delays as well. So a key. Um, a key process in this is to pro- properly um, classify uh, documents as they get into the system. So, uh, as we receive those documents, the first one of the first step is to auto classify the documents, and that is important because based on uh, the classification, then the document takes a you uh, know a, a workflow which is specific to that classification. So it's clear that. If there is an error at that level, then can have profound repercussions downstream. And uh, if it's caught especially late, uh, can be uh, really expensive uh, to, re- to do rework. So that became a really a big uh, ask from our customers to automate that process. And that's where we uh, developed uh, TMF Bot. So TMFBot uh, uses machine learning for clinical operation to speed up clinical, uh, the clinical trials. And uh, um, at Viva, in general, we use uh, uh, machine learning on a case-by-case, case. so we look at, uh, on a case-by-case, case whether machine learning is a good fit. And for the problem of document classification, it was clear when we looked at it that machine learning was indeed a big uh, a good fit, so we used it. Um, so that's uh, the bot part of, this pro- of the name of the product. Uh, the other part, TMF, is because is about the uh, trial master file, which is uh, the um, <coughs> the set of the collection of documents that are subject uh, to regulatory agencies oversight. So, for example, in the United States, would be the FDA. Those are the documents the FDA needs to uh, to approve. And uh, um, so, we developed the TMF bot, which. Uh, uh, auto classify documents, automates repetitive trial processes, improves, improves the quality and minimizes errors, which is very important, and, and, and also reduces the resources needed to manage the trial master file. Now, before talking a little bit more about the ML side of this, I just want to give you a, an idea uh, of, uh, the, of what uh, TMF bot does in uh, real life. So I have a short uh, video of uh, uh, an interaction with uh, our application. So this is the case where customers want to uh, create documents in their TMF, and uh, they uh, will uh, create those document by uh, dragging and dropping in what we call the inbox, and as they are uploaded in the bottom right corner, you'll see that they're beginning to get auto-classified, and when there is a green check mark, it means that the auto-classification is done and now uh, they actually happen to have the right classification <laughs> so um, TMf bot um, has uh, uh, auto classified uh, more than a million documents and with a ninety seven percent accuracy and has provided saving of uh, two minutes per document, which across our customers uh, amounts to, uh, to tens of thousands of hours of savings every year. I'll move talk about talking about the TMF bot, more about the ML part of it. So we had some requirements. One of them was to have a document classification model uh, per customer, so that stems from the fact that the trial master file is not standard, the taxonomy is not standard. So each customer, uh, many customers customize them according, uh, depending on their needs, and, uh, um, and that's one, uh, one component of it. The other component is that uh, clinical studies, the documents uh, are different in different type of clinical studies. Like an oncology study has documents that are different from different type of studies like orystal studies and so on. So we couldn't really have a single um, model for all customers, but we needed to have this, uh, um, a model per customer specifically. So the other requirement is that we had to be real-time and real-time for us in the interaction where the, uh, the user is waiting for this document to be auto-classified. So the, we needed to auto-classify um, each document in three to five seconds. And uh, uh, that includes also the data preparation side, which is OCR. Most of these documents are actually images, and they can be PDF, multi-page PDFs. So that was actually the long polling in on in this whole transaction here. To give you an idea of the scale it is about 400 documents per minute. And uh, uh, we also wanted to have a machine, uh, being an agnostic on the machine le- learning framework. So we didn't want to tie us in a specific, specific framework but use the best one for the different use cases that the, we may have. Uh, another consideration is that we wanted to minimize the overhead for our technical operations team. Uh, it's a uh, uh, machine learning was uh, new to them. So we didn't want to add uh, that overhead. And uh, mo- uh, very importantly, we needed to ensure time to market. Uh, we, al- we also look into cost, cost was in consideration, but it wasn't one of the primary factors. So when we looked at uh, how we do this, uh, we explored uh, several options. We started thinking about, can we do like a, a, a do-it-yourself completely solution based on ECQ. And given the time to market consideration and the expertise that we had at that point in house, it was a quick no. So it's, it seems to be, it's complex to implement. And it looked like we would have to reinvent the wheel in, in, in many, many cases. So the next thing we looked at was at actually uh, using leveraging Kubernetes, in particular, managed Kubernetes that uh, takes away some of the, uh, of the load on us. And definitely it's easier to deploy, manage and scale. However, it still needs some additional tools, probably to, um, to re- for our machine learning workloads to complete. And uh, we still need to build some of the security compliance features ourselves in that part. So eventually we, uh, we settled on SageMaker, which is the easiest to deploy, manage, and scale. All the features that we need are already out of the boxes available, and, uh, um, and by far was the shortest time-to-market path for us. So we, we went with uh, uh, with SageMaker. Now, the journey that we have so far um, is uh, uh, with SageMaker on the training side. We train a uh, uh, model for our customer. Uh, we auto- automatically train and retrain models every four months for them. Uh, and uh, however, customers have the option to also uh, train their custom model and deploy and so on. And we use pretty large instances, uh, the C5 18 Excel. Part of the reason was uh, to speed up training for the case in which we are, training, uh, uh, we are retraining this model at the same time for everyone. And uh, on the classification side, uh, we really have uh, two pipelines. Uh, we have a Fisher extraction pipeline, which is our uh, data preparation type of pipeline where we, uh, from the document, we extract uh, the text and some met- and metadata that then we use uh, in the prediction phase. And that one is implemented with, uh, we have a custom serving container, uh, which interesting is implemented using uh, traditional programming. So uh, the OCR part, of course, internally use, uh, we use uh, some uh, open source library which internal use machine learning. But we didn't. The point here is that we didn't necessarily need to use a SageMaker for this. In fact, we have no model, but uh, we used it because for uh, it would maintain the same deployment model, and so it would make life much easier for our operation teams, and also for us in the implementation. Actually, it was faster. And we use uh, the c 59 xl instances. This is a quite heavy, uh, it's a CPU-bound uh, uh, pipeline. So the predi- then, the once uh, we have executed this pipeline, which returns the features vector, we send it to for prediction. Also there we have uh, uh, custom containers, the custom serving container, which uh, is based on Amazon Deep Learning containers. And uh, we use their scikit learn, so it's mostly an NLP problem scikit learn and TensorFlow in there. Uh, we have one model per customer. Um, we use a multi endpoint. And here, one thing about multi model endpoint is that it can have a slow start, a cold start uh, at some point in the beginning when it first load the model. Uh, we wanted to avoid that to have, in most cases, uh, they uh, be able to satisfy the three to five seconds. So we scale this so that all our models are in memory at the same time. So we use actually 19, uh, the R5 for Excel, those are memory optimized uh, instances. So some cost saving, because we are using multi-model endpoint uh, versus single model endpoint. we are able to achieve uh, some uh, cost savings. So we have now 350 models in production, and the cost for the, clust- the current cluster with 19 R5 for Excel is 16,555 per month, if we didn't have multimodal endpoint, we would have had to use 350 instances, uh, 350 endpoints. And at that point, we could have used smaller instances. So for example, the C5 large. But still, even with that, would be a much higher cost, 25704 per month. So there is, a, just from there, it's about more than $9,000 per month in savings. One thing that I want to mention is that the cost savings could be even greater if uh, uh, MME could be more granular to scale. So currently need to scale endpoint to large customers over provision for smallest customers. So to give you more details into that is that uh, multimodal endpoint has a single parameters for the number of threads per model. And uh, in addition to that, the model itself is replicated for each thread. So that makes balloons the memory requirements for the multimodal endpoint. And uh, we need uh, really several threads for large customers, but we don't for smaller customers. However, because there is that single parameter, uh, then we have, uh, uh, we have to scale to the larger customer. The, op- the other option would be having maybe more multimodal endpoints like largest, but that uh, makes more, dif- uh, more complicated the maintenance and so on. So that would be an improvement. The other thing I want to leave you is that for many models, consider to scale horizontally with more smaller instances instead of fewer larger instances. Because always remember that there are, um, there are some resources at the OS level that are running out at some point, like process IDs. And if you have uh, all these threads with all these models, uh, then at some point, even if you have a huge, uh, you won't be able to actually to use the entire instance. So, it's better actually to have a smaller number of instances and scale horizontally at that point. So, that concludes the presentation. uh, And thank you very much for listening. Uh,
0: That's it. Thanks again for listening to the AWS for Software Companies podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe in your favorite podcast app to hear more stories and guidance from software leaders around the world on their journeys to the cloud and the role that Amazon Web Services can play in your success.